Hello and welcome to Digital Fuel Podcast with Kevin and Matt. Matt, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm excited for the holidays. Have we discussed if we're a Merry Christmas or a Happy Holidays podcast? Oh, I think we're a Merry Christmas podcast for sure. Why is that? Well, I just think it fits our, our brand and our personality. And I don't think it's something that, you know, you have to, you know, you say what has meaning to you. And other people, you know, say what has meaning to them. And, you know, if somebody wants to wish me a happy uh, Kwanzaa, I'm cool with that because that's what's meaningful to them. I just wanted to hear you say something super inappropriate and borderline racist. And I think you tiptoed all around that, which was fantastic. I, I did pretty good. I did. I have to admit I'm proud of myself and uh, I am going to pat myself on the back later, which of course means I'm just going to open up a bottle of wine, but um, <laughs> you know, tis the season. Yeah. Quick side note. And I know we started this podcast to give people tips on advice and business and all this kind of stuff, but I feel like this is in line with what we're just talking about very simple way to walk around this issue during the holiday is do what I do and tell people Merry Christmas and happy holidays. Very simple. You cover all your bases, no one's upset and you just move on. That's a good idea. So maybe those Starbucks cups could be like half red and half Merry Christmas on them and then make everyone happy. (laughs) Yeah, that would work. No one's ever going to be happy. No, that's that's the thing also. That's true. That's a different conversation, though. Particularly your customers. But no, I can't. I can't. (laughs) So we've got a really cool episode lined up today for the holidays. Um, It's kind of a two-parter, but you have to sit through both parts in one sitting. So it's not really two parts, but we're just talking about two different topics. So um, we're going to start up where Matt and I had an ongoing debate about and we're going to air our grievances with one another um, and our feelings here on the podcast and let you guys be the final judges of everything. And then we'll actually get into some marketing stuff towards the end. So where we're going to start is on the the greatest debate of our time, I would say. I, I don't even think it's close. A debate and, as old as time, some would say. Exactly. Or at least, you know, as old as the 80s. Um, and of course, what we're talking about is whether Die Hard is in fact a Christmas movie, which it is, or not. So Matt um, has decided to take up the mantle of believing that Die Hard is not a Christmas movie. So we'll let him start off by telling us a little bit about why he feels this way. I've not taken up or decided to take the mantle of Die Hard not being a Christmas movie. I just don't believe that Die Hard is a Christmas movie because I'm an adult. What's being an adult have to do with it? And also, like, I feel the whole defend your decision that Die Hard is not a Christmas movie isn't the first position to take. I feel like it's so not a Christmas movie that people need to defend why they believe it's a Christmas movie, period. So I'll let you start. Yeah. Okay. So let me start off then and tell you why I believe and know that Die Hard is in fact a Christmas movie. So let's start off with some really basic examples. All throughout the movie, there is Christmas music being played. It plays over the opening sequence, the title credits, it plays at the end of the movie, and it plays throughout the movie. What other movies but Christmas movies have Christmas music in them? 
point too. There's elements of Christmas all throughout the movie from John McClane taping the gun to his back using Christmas themed wrapping tape to him pushing one of the, or putting one of the terrorists into the elevator with his little Santa hat on and writing on a shirt that says, ho, 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 now I have a machine gun. Um, so those you are made some, notes. You're reading notes right now. You actually came prepared for this. I have to keep all of my thoughts in line here, Matt. You know, there's also the line where Hans Gruber, in fact, does say, it's Christmas, Theo. It's the season for miracles. Okay. So there's okay, a couple I, of Christmassy I, examples. And I'm not even halfway done yet, Matt. I, I'm going to jump in now. I yep. think what you're describing it's not really themes of Christmas. They are plot points. The, Die Hard is, by the way, a movie I've not watched in 15 plus years. I watched it again the other night because I was like, I kind of want to get on board with this debate and like figure out what's going on. So you watched um, it around Christmas time? I watched it around Christmas time because everyone else told me this was a Christmas movie and I had to watch it. Um, I've got a couple notes also, but I do want to at least say I think the best way to summarize what I'm feeling is it's an action movie that happens to take place at Christmas. There are uh, plot points that involve Christmas, but for the most part, after the first 30 minutes, there's not a whole lot of Christmas stuff going on. There's a little bit of singing, like yeah. humming. There's a little bit of a little bit of background Christmas music. It just so happens that this movie takes place at Christmas. I don't think there's anything relevant about Christmas. If you took all the Christmas elements out of it, nothing would change about the movie. So it's so what you're taking up here is the Christmas adjacent argument. It's, right. it's not a Christmas music movie. It just takes place at Christmas. Okay, sure. so let me tell you a couple of things about that. One, for starters... The only way that Hans Gruber's um, whole heist actually works is the fact that it is Christmas time. It has Why? to happen there because the building is pretty much empty, right? So all this noise that they're making and everything that they're doing to break into it, most of the people aren't there. The only people who are there are the people he needs who work for the Takikomi Corporation. They're in one spot because they're having a Christmas party they're all confined, and they can control everybody in that group. Okay, so he so, only really needed the one head guy, though. And that could have been done in a July at nighttime. Only if the guy was working late. Only if nobody else was working late. Only if half the security hadn't gone home because it was Christmas time. But let's go back to your argument that it's Christmas adjacent. And that the idea that it's Christmas time doesn't impact the movie. That argument is nuts, because here's why. If you want to take up that mantle and say that it's Christmas adjacent, it doesn't rely on it being Christmas, then you also have to accept the fact that It's a Wonderful Life and Home Alone are not Christmas movies. It's a Wonderful Life is about a crappy bank manager who loses all of his money and thinks about killing himself. It's Christmas adjacent, but that's the theme of the movie. Home Alone is about a kid who, spoiler alert, gets left home alone. The fact that it's Christmas time doesn't play any effect. They could have been going on a summer vacation and the same thing happened. So if you believe that Die Hard is not a Christmas movie because it's just adjacent to Christmas, then neither is A Wonderful Life or Home Alone. And I don't think anyone's arguing about those ones. Give me a moment to contradict Home Alone, but that's a trickier one. You're right. 
It's a Wonderful Life is basically just a play on a Christmas Carol, though. It's the same movie, just presented differently. However, I kind of understand what you're saying, if it not for the fact that it's just, again, it's a Christmas Carol, just more modern. Home Alone still has many more themes about Christmas than Die Hard does. And like the whole thing is around Christmas. Like almost every scene is representative of at least winter or Christmas. When he's tobogganing down the hill, when he's skating, the Christmas ornaments playing a part in like all the action. Um, again, like, but that's just because it's Christmas adjacent. Going back to your argument that they could have went into the tower and had the heist in the middle of July, you know, Kevin could have broken up glasses from the the kitchen and spread them by the window instead of using ornaments if he got left at home in the middle of summer. Yeah, but now you're talking about the intention of the bad guy in the heist being critical to Christmas versus what the story actually was with Home Alone. You know no, I mean? I just, I, no, I disagree with you. Um, really quick note on Die Hard, which I found was extremely funny and like a bit off track, but there's absolutely no way this movie gets made anymore because within the first 15 minutes, I observed the following things. Uh, John McClane had a gun on the plane, which was fantastic to see. He's like smoking a dart in the airport right away. There's a comment from a pregnant woman about drinking and everyone's like, yeah, go for it. Um, there's some borderline homophobia when a other guy comes up and kisses John McClane. And then there's a part where I think he, John McClane specifically says, I didn't know they celebrated Christmas in Japan. And I was just like, I don't even know how this movie gets made anymore. <laughs> Right, and all those wonderful Christmas elements that all tie together to be the Christmas movie. I don't think any of them tie together like anything to do with Christmas, though. Now, I think uh, I think there's a lot of Christmas elements all the way through the movie, all the way through, all the way to the end, and then also on top of all this, the the writer of Die Hard, Stephen DeSouza, actually came on record saying that Die Hard is absolutely a Christmas movie, and he's when the person he who that? wrote it. He wrote it on Twitter. I can send you the link. Was this recently? Yep. Was this like 20 or 30 years after the movie probably wouldn't have been relevant anymore? So he's trying to keep pushing relevancy and making sure people are watching every year and getting kickbacks. I doubt, I don't think, I don't believe for a second that Die Hard has really fallen out of favor and then rose back up again. Um, Die Hard is a movie that everybody that I've talked to is familiar with. Everyone you talk to. Everyone I ask about Die Hard. You know what? I know so many of the most important people. and they All, all the people I know. All the all people, the I, people know. I know love oh, Die, Die Hard. Hard. No, to say, <laughs> to say Die Hard needed a resurgence, resurgence in popularity is absurd. <laughs> I don't know, man. Um, what I kept thinking throughout the entire movie also was... If you're calling Die Hard a Christmas movie, you're now looking at any movie based around December being a Christmas movie. So give me an example. I can't think of any, but I'm just saying like any movie that's Christmassy, anyone with, not sorry, Christmassy, any movies that are in the winter, it's more seasonal. Like if Game of Thrones had a movie, um, an episode that was around Christmas or snow, would you say it's a Christmas movie? No. 
if Game of Thrones had an episode where there was a Christmas tree up and somebody acknowledged that it was Christmas time and I was referring to that episode to somebody else, I'd be like, you know, the Game of Thrones Christmas episode. Yeah, that's a bad example because of the episode. You're right. But in general, what I'm saying, like with an entire movie, like it's, is it a Christmas movie because it happens around the holiday or in Christmas, like over December? I don't think so. I think it has to have more elements of family. Oh, but that's, there's a huge element of family in Die Hard. He's it's a going plot to, point. He's it's going to LA to, to reconnect with his wife and to go see his kids. His kids are featured in the movie a number of times, right? They're in one scene. And they're referenced in multiple times. And he's there to reconnect with his family. It's a family story. Uh, yeah, and I, I just don't think it actually has anything to do with Christmas. You can remove it from Christmas and the movie still will continue on. Same with Home Alone. Same with It's a Wonderful Life. You know what? I think we kind of had a bit of a stalemate with this one here, Matt. Um, and what I'm going to recommend is that we leave this up to our audience to weigh in on. So when we start pushing this out on all our social channels, um, you know, help us break this deadlock that Matt and I have between us. And you let us know, is, Chris, is Die Hard actually a Christmas movie? Yes or no? So let us know when you see this. And uh, we'll move on from here because I'm getting nowhere with Matt, just like his customers. No, I kid. I <laughs> Egoness and stubbornness have taken over this conversation at this point. <laughs> uh, all good. All good. So let's get into the actual marketing side of this conversation. Um, and what we thought we'd talk about with it being towards the end of the year. So this is a, a Christmas adjacent podcast for everyone who's listening out there. And uh, what we want to talk about is, Matt, if you, had, if you could only do one thing on marketing, digital marketing, traditional marketing, whatever you want to talk about, if you could only do one thing in 2020 to build your business or recommend to a customer to build theirs, what would it be? I think I will continue to fall back on SEO. Um, it's tried and true. And regardless of what you read out there and people telling you it's changing all the time, there's still a handful of fundamental things that you can do to rank your website that will work. And like you hear from everyone though, it will take time. Maybe not as much time as some people tell you based on your industry and competition and all that kind of stuff. But SEO is still the thing that's going to provide the most amount of value for you long-term also. Uh, generally speaking, like getting found on Google so that organic traffic usually is gonna be your biggest driver of traffic on a website. So utilize your resources there, whether they're big or small, you can do something with SEO. And if that's the one thing you focused on at the beginning of the year or all year in general, um, it will pay dividends in the end. Um, all the other platforms, they're changing. And I would say much more drastically than SEO. And there will be a lot of people that will argue me and debate me and contradict what I'm saying about SEO. It's just, where I come at things from like the buzzword free common sense side of things. SEO is like literally not as complicated as everyone says. Um, and that's based on like a number of years of experience and knowledge to get me to that point. But it's, there are still, like I said, a few fundamental things that you can do to rank a website that will pay huge dividends for you in the end of 2020. 
So follow up question to you on that. SEO is such a, a broad topic, right? Um, and it can incorporate a lot of different marketing tactics. You could say content marketing has uh, you know, a big impact on SEO and things like that. So what specifically would you recommend from an SEO perspective? Oh, that's hard, but you're right. Like when I say SEO, it's an umbrella term for content and link building essentially. So making sure you've got your existing content in order with high searched keywords related to your industry and then looking for what other gaps or opportunities are out there that don't sort of fit your existing website. So what new pages do you need? Are they service pages? location pages or blogs, for instance, or uh, we can get a lot more into this in another conversation, but link building, which is basically gonna be building authority to your website. So Google sees you as someone to rank on a page, for instance. So I don't know what would be the best thing to narrow it down because uh, it's all under SEO, but uh, just in general, like focusing on your existing pages, finding new opportunities and making sure you're building that authority with Google. Nice, nice. Well said. Um, I think I on my so. side, what's that, sorry? I thought so, that's why yeah. I said it. Oh, well, well put together. I noticed you're reading from your notes quite a bit there too, so that's good, I'm glad. I was reading your blog. Yeah, thank you. Um, so from my perspective, it's, it's a tough one. Um, I would say that if I could only do one thing, it would be uh, continuing to focus on content development. I think with the changes that we're seeing on search algorithms, everything from RankBrain to BERT and everything like that, I think there's a bigger emphasis on quality content that tackles your subject matter from a variety of different angles. So, um, you know, writing more intelligent, more in-depth, not just surface-level SEO blog posts, um, but stuff that actually sets you apart as, as a true leader in the industry is where I would want to spend more of my time. Um, it's not good enough just to get those people on your site. That's important. And, and I agree with Matt on the SEO stuff, but if you're not giving them any new insights or tips or help or ways to address their problem, um, then the next person down the street is going to be, and, and you're going to lose out on those opportunities. For sure. And like that content will live on your site forever. So people are going to find you for it tomorrow, a month from now and a year from now. And the thing with content, like people put all the effort into writing it, like you can do more with a piece of content than just throw it up on your blog or whatever. You can push it out on social a whole number of times. So you're getting more traffic there. Then you can take that blog and do other things with it. Like make uh, a graphic with it, make a video with it, all these different ways that people are interacting with content. Don't think that you have to spend all this time or energy to writing one blog and then it, it's done forever. There's great things that you can pull from it and continue to build on that one piece of content. Yeah, I agree with you. And that's something, you know, what you said right off the top there was super important. A lot of times people look at blog articles that whether we write it, they write it, whoever, and they think, okay, well, we did four blogs this month or whatever the number was, and that's it. And that's, that's kind of now those blogs are out of their mind. But that's not the case. You'll find as you track stuff that blogs you wrote four or five years ago are still 
bringing in high volume of traffic because like you said matt it's it's evergreen content it lives there forever um, and it's going to continue to help you out so so last question before we break up this wonderful session um so we talked about if you could only do one thing what would it be now what emerging trend do you think is going to be big in 2020 for marketers oh give me a moment to think about that okay so for me i think what you're going to see is a lot more personalization in content and websites and even down to video um, i know there's a lot of companies out there now who are doing these kind of choose your own adventure video stories kind of like how that black mirror movie on netflix was right but hopefully better done um <laughs> but i think i think you're going to see more websites that dynamically adjust and change to you as the individual when you land there as opposed to being the same experience for everybody that's my thoughts um, so you're talking about digital marketing industry or like marketing businesses or just in general just in general yeah something i've probably been thinking a lot about this year and maybe this is because this is my first year in it on my own but wondering and feeling like freelancers on their own are going to be the way that this digital marketing industry is heading in the next number of years where we're not seeing large agencies with 80 to 50 people. You're going to be working with one person that you trust and might be the curator of other freelancers and they're going to be bringing in their own small team to work on their specialties, like almost like collectives in a way. I just think gone are the days of big agencies and huge overhead and just not getting what they want from engagements being uh, small business owners and business owners and marketing reps in general. Um, I just think that's going to be more and more of the trend. I saw a stat recently that was basically along, I'm paraphrasing big time was close to like 40 something percent of marketers work freelance already. And that's going to keep growing and growing. And I think we're going to see a lot more of that in the next couple of years and, and seeing a shift and all that kind of stuff, which probably aligns itself with what you just described. And we're seeing more personalization and making sure brands are branding themselves in a very personal way. Um, and I think that will be a stress for everyone or a, like a point of emphasis for marketers and businesses, like you said. Awesome. I love it. So, uh, any other final thoughts before we wrap today up, Matt? No, I'm good. I'm trying to think of something funny. I'm out though. You're out. Hey, all right. Um, well, I appreciate, uh, your time again here, Matt. Uh, anyone who wants to check out Matt's website, it's you do your thing, Matt. Uh, mattygdigital.com. Excellent. And if you want to check out, uh, our, my website, it's thinkfuel.ca. And again, we appreciate everybody who's following us along and listening to our podcasts. Feel free to reach out with any thoughts or suggestions you have for future episodes and uh, wishing everybody a Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays, as Matt said. So thanks again, and uh, everyone have a great day. Feliz Navidad.